0: You're listening to The Paul Higgins Show, the place for ambitious tech consultants with purpose. After 18 years as a global sales leader and having a successful tech consulting exit, I'm sharing what's working now to transform emerging tech consultants worldwide into trusted consultants that attract the best clients and deliver measurable results. When you're ready to level up your clarity, results, and freedom, begin with the free tech consulting blueprint available at techconsultantsblueprint.com. Imagine this, you're running your agency, or tech consulting business and clients and your team are asking you about how you're using AI, right? Everyone's talking about it. And to be honest, you're just too busy to really do the research. Well, the great news is you don't have to because we've got it here for you. Hello, I'm Paul Higgins. And welcome to the Paul Higgins Podcast. And in this episode, like I said, we're going to explore cutting-edge examples of how to use AI, both within the agency or the tech consulting business, but also with your clients. And I am convinced that you're going to hear things that you've never heard before around how to use AI. Our guest is Stephen stopher He's the VP of Digital Transformation and Innovation at SACEND. So it's SAS, S-A-A-S, and then C-E-N-D.com. By day, he's a coffee aficionado, and by night, he is a tech and AI lover. From his humble beginnings as a accidental admin, he has grown into the leadership team at Ascend, and he really focuses on marketing automation, AI, uh, Salesforce, and HubSpot. He's a great guy, and he's going to really give you a brilliant insight into AI because he loves making sense of the data-driven world. Great to have you here, Stephen. Good to be here. Yeah, look, I'm really excited about this conversation. You can't uh, listen to any news or or anything and not hear about AI. But uh, what we brought you on the show for and is to really talk about how does it apply to you running your agency. So if you're, you know, if you are so busy in delivery and you're doing so much and you're thinking, you know, what's the cutting edge of AI? Well, Stephen's going to absolutely have something for you today on that. But why don't we kick off Stephen, with, you know, who your ideal client is for Sasscent and also what problems do you help solve for them? Sure, I've
1: got my uh, ICP profile uh, here. So we'll start maybe there and then I'll uh, I'll expand on a little bit. SMB size companies is, is pretty much where, where we're targeted. Anywhere from 20 employees up to about 500 in the SaaS space, kind of within the growth uh, stage. That's typically where we play the best. I mean, industries, it's all over the place. Uh, typically, they've got tech, we've got a solution, or we want to have some sort of conversation. Uh, and then as far as problems that we solve, we have three core competencies. We've got within the revenue ops kind of umbrella, we've got marketing operations, so think marketing automation Uh, chatbots, enrichment tools, all that good stuff for the marketing side. And then on the sales side, sales enablement tools like outreach, intercom, and of course, CRMs, the big ones being Salesforce, as well as HubSpot, all things from strategy, all the way down to uh, implementation, getting our hands dirty, doing config work, and then working with the data and the people process along the way.
0: Right. So the third one is the the data and the the
1: oh, no, third, I completely ah. missed it. It's the piece that I own as uh, the integration side. So <laughs> integrations and kind of infrastructure, that's the arm that I own. Thank you for calling me out on that. I don't know how I forgot it. No. So that's me and my team. So we, oh, I, I own the integration side, the kind of the, the new tech, anything around, you know, AI, artificial intelligence or anything new, just break kind of the ecosystem that's me and my team's responsibility to kind of keep up with train our, uh, our current sales ops, rev ops teams. And then of course we're uh, trying to make sense of it for our customers along the way
0: yeah Brian, and we're going to definitely dive into that just a quick question on you know i suppose two platform some people just decide to go either hubs hubspot or salesforce but you guys and now across both just give us a little bit of the context as to to why that's yeah. the case for you we're, we're kind of a unicorn
1: agency like we are a salesforce partner and we're a hubspot partner so we play nice in both ecosystems we've got great relationships with both We've, we've managed to not alienate anybody. We've also done some Marketo work, MailChimp work. We're kind of an agnostic partner for our customers and this, the tool bases that they have. We've worked in Sugar CRM, worked in Salesforce, Sales Hub. We've worked in Copper CRM, which is a little bit more of uh, a smaller size, right? It's really, we want to meet our clients where they are. We don't claim to be experts in all the tools, but definitely Salesforce and HubSpot are key ones and if a client brings one in that we're not familiar with we'll just let them know like hey look this is a new one for us but like once you've been in one crm you kind of get an idea of how it operates and we can typically help pretty good
0: yeah great and uh, just quickly we were a, a copper partner for around uh, look uh, almost three years and uh really enjoyed our journey with copper so you are a smaller yeah. company that are gmail specific and sure. you're looking for a good integration a good sales CRM that integrates beautifully with uh, Google, it's worth checking out. Anyway, that, that's great. You are multi. And and just quickly on you know, Salesforce and Hubs, a, as an agency, is there any particular differences that you see between the two, right? Because you work with both as partners. Is there anything, yeah, yeah, that you can sort of call out?
1: I mean, they're just huge ecosystems, right? I mean, each one kind of has their own solutions. Salesforce, from a CRM perspective, I mean, they're just best in breed. And when it comes to just plug and play and trying to get flexible APIs and integrations and whatnot. So Salesforce does a really good job with that. HubSpot I think makes it a little bit more approachable with their kind of app exchange and be able to kind of, the average marketer can install something without needing some sort of administrator or an agency or a partner or an outside source to kind of help them and, and kind of guide them a long way, which I really appreciate. Salesforce definitely leans, I think, on the partner ecosystem a lot. I mean, pros and cons. HubSpot, I think, used to be kind of considered the small to SMB kind of size solution, but I think that they've proven themselves to be able to like grow up into the enterprise space over the last, I'd say like five years as well. So they're chomping at the heels of Salesforce.
0: <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, let's dive now into AI. That's the whole reason why we've got you here. And I know that you're waiting listening to Stephen saying, okay, come on, Paul, Ask him the, the critical <laughs> question. So that, why don't we kick off with, from your perspective, what is AI and what isn't it when it comes to, to being in an agency?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, we're surrounded by forms of AI. We've got narrowly scoped AI. So if you're typing a message on your iPhone, uh, there's AI behind the scenes that are making certain keys a little bit more hot than other keys on your phone based on the predictive text, completely surrounded by it. Uh, and then we have more general AI and large language models, which is the open AI and try uh side of the house, which starts to get really exciting when we when you open that up. From our side, on the agency side, I mean, we're leveraging it for ICP generation, right? So you can feed information about your closed one opportunities historically. Uh, you can feed information about uh, your website, just taking copy and paste from your company profile, throw it into OpenAI and say, all right, here, are the last 50 deals that went closed one, this is the makeup of those companies. This is who we are. You know, What's our ICP? And it will just generate a two-page rich content of who customers you should be uh, targeting, what kind of technology that they have all that good stuff. And if you want to drill down, you can just ask AI, like, all right, like this
0: is great, but give me more information about a specific topic and it just pumps it out. Just quickly on that. So give us a quick example of practically how you do that. Because that sounds wonderful. I've never heard anyone say that before, but practically how do I do that?
1: Go to your search engine of choice, type in openai.com, sign up for chat GPT. There's a free version of that. And then if I'm a small business and I'm trying to just start the discovery of who my ICP is. You can literally just say, hey, type it into the prompt, learn about my business. I'm going to send you some information, reply with got it once you've learned it. And then you just copy and paste from your, your company page into ChatGPT, it responds with got it. And then you can say, okay, now I want to target these companies. Reply with I understand once you get it. And then you feed it all that information and then you've kind of given it the context for, for the end state of what you want here, which is a, an ICP profile. And then you you give it the last prompt, which is, okay, make me an ICP profile that I can then use for marketing and sales. And then you would just be amazed
0: of what it's going to come up with. That's fantastic. And you're simply putting in the the web addresses the urls into
1: you can do web addresses has data i think back to 2020 so depending on how new those websites are it's it's data scraped up to a certain point or you can just go to those websites and and copy their company information just copy and then paste it directly into uh, openai ChatGPT, and just give it huge chunks of text
0: and it will just comb through it in seconds fantastic that's a brilliant example so so far we talked about narrow which is like gmail you talked about, you know, using Open yeah. chat GDP, whatever your preference is for sure. the uh, ICP. What's the the third? Yeah,
1: so we got the narrowly scoped uh, stuff and then you've got the large language models, which we talked about a little bit. The third group, I think, starts to get really interesting when you take the narrowly scoped kind of messages and you start to incorporate it into the agency life space. So, You can actually train it uh, instead of using the -the out-of-the-box, large language models where data scrape the whole internet, which is a lot and great. But now let's think about your company and your business and how it runs, right? Uh, You might have Asana boards with task information for your current customers. You might have calendars for your sales reps. You might have Notion documents for past implementations and projects you've done for your customers. And if you were to feed it all that information, you were to kind of create that data model, few interesting things uh, start to happen. You could create a chatbot for support that your customers could then reach out to, right? They've got a question about current hours usage or where where is a task at, right? Well, when it's plugged into your, your task management system, it can find it pretty quick and, and offer it up. So there's a lot of really interesting use cases there just internally within the agency.
0: When you say you're loading that information in, so let's say I, I use ClickUp like you said, Asana, whatever, right? But if I'm Mm -hmm. taking my project management, just once again, just run us through how you practically do that.
1: I guess the most approachable way without getting too technical into like APIs and kind of creating like data lakes and all that fun stuff that OpenAI can tap into would be Zapier. Like if you've got a Zapier account or some sort of iPaaS solution that can kind of sit between systems, uh, you can pick up a task, and then feed it through ChatGPT. They've created a, a little app in the App Exchange for Zapier, which is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and then it'll uh, spit out a, a prompt or an answer to whatever your you, the prompt is that you fed it, and then you can send that on its way wherever you'd like to go. We've incorporated it with lead routing. You wouldn't think lead routing would be a good use case here, but it turns out it it is, especially when uh, you've got Google and LinkedIn, where there's open text fields for things like state and country. Yeah, people can type in whatever they want, right? So like if you're building scripts, this and that, that statements within either HubSpot or Salesforce and someone types in Texas with two S's on the end, it all breaks, right? Yes. See that yes. through OpenAI and say, all right, take this user entered data and normalize it into this format. And if you can't figure out what format this is, then populate unknown. And then you can start to leverage that downstream. And then you've removed kind of the human review part of lead
0: routing. Ryan, that's fantastic. And you know, for you, you know, you're like the captain of the ship for this Mm. part of the business, as you said, you know, where are you learning all of this? You know, like you might be listening to Stephen saying, that these are wonderful, but no, I simply don't have, as the owner of the business, I don't have time to do this, but is Mm. there somewhere, or I don't have the time to get into the weeds, but is there somewhere that I can direct a team member of mine to go and actually learn this? So where are you learning? What are these great examples that you share?
1: When something is so new, there isn't a lot of data out there, right? There's no ecosystems that you can plug into. Where I actually, where I was introduced to uh, AI and chat GPT was actually on TikTok, which is interesting nice. because you wouldn't think that. But TikTok is like, man, they, they're like with it whenever something new comes out. But I wouldn't direct you to TikTok. I can feel everyone's eyes rolling at me. Uh, but there are some great Slack communities that you can get plugged into. There's, if you're on the marketing automation side on on the Pardot side, the Pardashians is a really good place to go. There's some uh, Ohana, which is a Salesforce community. Uh, that is really good, especially when Salesforce is rolling out some of their AI tools. And then there's the MoPros, which is more general marketing operations professionals related. That's also a great place to, uh, to be.
0: And it's, I think that's where we're all learning. And we're all playing at different speeds, but if you can tap into those peer groups, I think that that's fantastic. And uh is there any particular you know, YouTube channels or any podcasts or any other resources you're listening to outside of the community?
1: Yeah. The Mopros does a podcast. I actually talked at length about AI over on their uh channel, which that's a great resource. And then also I would encourage your listeners, like don't be afraid to just Sign up for the free account with ChatGPT and just start playing with it. Make up your own use cases, push the limits, see what it does well, see what it doesn't do well. But like the majority of what I've learned was just by playing with it, literally just making up a use case or asking it, right? You can ask ChatGPT, hey, this is who I am. This is the company I work for. This is my job title. This is my role. Give me 10 examples of how I might want to use ChatGPT and it'll just boom 10 examples of something you might want to dive deeper into from lead generation or you know relationship management on the client side or if it's coding or development the world is kind of your oyster when it comes to to AI right now
0: yeah and look I know for me personally I've sort of I fell in love with it a test that I use a lot and then it sort of drifts out of your life a little right and I think the the habit that I've got to do is each time I go to do something think chat GDP first right like okay Go to there first. It's like you get your mobile phone to do certain activities. It's like, I'm going to go there first before I go elsewhere. And I think it's just creating that habit. Like you said, it's the possibilities are endless, but it's going there first and then going somewhere else afterwards where I just find that I might you know, get busy in my day and, and I miss that. So I think you know that's what's working for me. Any tips you've got around, you know, habits that you've created to, to make sure that, you know, using it regularly.
1: The first thing I did when I implemented it was actually integrated it into Slack because that's where my team lives, right? We live and breathe in Slack and if something isn't easy to get to, they're probably not going to use it. Integrated it into Slack. So there's a Slack command, uh, GPT that anyone can use within our Slack ecosystem. You know, if they're looking for code or or whatever it is, they can just do it directly in Slack. Uh, There's a few developers that I work directly with where we will actually go into OpenAI just because the things that we want to do a little bit more robust than probably what we should handle in Slack. But yeah, integrated Slack. I I created an an SMS number so my mother could use ChatGPT without even knowing it. So uh, she loves it because it doesn't give her like 10 pages of results like a Google will. It just gives her one result. I did that. It was workflow I built in trade.io uh, connecting Twilio to the open AI system and it gave me a number that I could get my mom and now she's wondering what's the best place to eat uh, in Kentucky, which I would have no idea. But open AI with its mapping of the internet and great wisdom has a recommendation for where to eat in Kentucky.
0: And I know this is a, a, a novice question, but you know, if you look at three point five or four for Chat GDP, I think it's up to four now. Like, mm-hmm. is that still pulling from data that's 2020 or 2021 or is it pulling from data sources that are newer than that
1: yeah it, it it's still pulling data from pre I think November 2020 I think is the specific dates but yes it is it's, it's just the intelligence of the large language model and the uh the, just the network of data and just the algorithms that are kind of behind it just becoming more intellectual and just it just smarter and and becoming more human almost, where it's the responses, uh, just getting more polished, like as you use OpenAI, that it's learning off that. And then there's also like thumbs up, thumbs down. It's using that data to to generate just more accurate data. So as they roll out new versions, it's gonna incorporate some of that user feedback and then
0: honing in on those algorithms within their neural network that they've built. Right, so you use some you know, really good examples of uh, creating your ICP, uh, the 10 things mm-hmm. that you could potentially be doing part of your job role you know we've also talked about you know how you incorporate it in a slack what what other uses have you got at the moment in your agency for ai yeah so i can come across
1: a little course in email and and i know that it's something i'm working on it's like the number one thing i respond with in the interviews where they're like what's your biggest weakness is how I am represented an email. An amazing thing it can do is I could actually change your tone of voice. What I am intending to say and how it's coming across cannot always be in, in alignment. So sometimes I'll write out an email, I'll put it into chat GPT and just say, make the tone of voice of this email just a little more friendly, like make it professional, but friendly to where my point across, you know, maybe equals this. And it will just rewrite my email where it's much more professional. I'm also a um, dyslexic like to a fault so having it just proofread some of my content before I publish it is also a tremendous help for me and my uh,
0: dyslexia that I've been cursed with it can be a benefit as well as you know there's upsides to it just quickly on the I think the tone of voices, Brand, especially around sales like if I think most of you would know what you know Disprofile profile is and I yep. think based on the different what you believe their preferences can be and you can get software that can uh, go and detect off LinkedIn what they are if you look at that and then you can ask it to write in that tone so then yes you can because let's face it we all look at the world as we see the world as a general rule but that can really help you apply and adapt that and I've seen a great success in that just quickly from a working with clients and a business side so we talked about within the agency what a couple of examples you got where you work with the client how are you using AI with the client
1: there was a client came to me and they were running into this issue i I think i mentioned this earlier just around lead routing and the way that it interprets data They, they came to me and they're like hey look we have a problem we're getting hundreds of leads per month but we have to manually route these because of the data that they're putting in is just messy and it's just not organized or to, to our business standards. Putting that in as a solution basically took their lead routing timeline from two weeks because they're using an the outside party to clean the data and then they were gonna get it and the CSVs and all of that. And it t- took it for two weeks down to like two seconds, feeding it oh. through OpenAI and, and pushing it's- it into Salesforce. You know, ever if you if you talk to someone in sales time is of the essence right when someone submits a demo request or they're asking for information taking that two-week timeline to two seconds it's like how do you even calculate the impact of what it's how fast it's progressing the pipeline and closed one opportunities and just the overall user experience and, and feeling like you know you're being heard and and uh someone's responding to you asking for like a demo request that's one example and then another is Nurture campaigns. So, when we do workshops for our clients, we build those nurture campaigns. AI is a great starting point to get that first draft
0: going. And we're talking to Stefan Stofer from uh, sassend.com. So, it's SAS, S A A S, and then uh, C E N D. And uh, ask him, follow him up on LinkedIn, let him know that you heard him here and uh, ask him some questions because we could go on for hours talking about this topic. Uh, just the last thing is for you where, where do you see this headed? you know what's the pace of change? Give us a bit of a forecast and to what you've given us a brilliant example of what we, we're doing today. you know where do you see it headed in in your opinion?
1: Yeah, you mentioned the disk profile and there's an amazing tool called crystalnose.ai. I'm not sure if anyone's played around with that, but it's scary good. Uh, so I want to like throw that as a highlight, but yes. it also kind of answers your question. Like that is where it's going. It's going to be uh, starting to be ingrained in the tools and just how we build tools, right? You've got development teams leveraging AI. You've got your phone bill and you want to reach out to customer support. Those chat bots that are horrible, We, we none of us like those, right? But they're going to get really good. I'm telling you, like ATT, Verizon, like they're going to adopt these. Salesforce, HubSpot's already started to do it of just making their their customer lives easier with AI. So it's going to get more ingrained in the day-to-day, especially on the tech space. Uh, the government, I, it's, it's inevitable, uh, GDPR and all of that. It's, it's probably going to get a little legislated and there's going to be some guardrails put on it, which, which yes. is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. It's generally... Getting more and more po- powerful, and we're we're seeing exponential growth right now with with AI.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, uh, as I said, we could talk for ever on the topic. Uh, please go and look up Stephen. His URL is going to be in the show notes, the uh, LinkedIn uh, profile, and uh, you know, as he's staying abreast of what's best, you can uh, can learn for him. So, uh, what we're going to do now is go to the rapid fire. So, I'm round. So, I'm going to ask you four questions, get some rapid responses. Are you ready for that? Great. Let's do it. Okay, great. So the first one is for you. you know, what are some of the daily habits that you do to help with the growth of sysend.com?
1: I've asked every team member how they prefer to communicate. And we meet every morning to sort out priorities and making sure that everyone knows what they should be doing to so not only just be busy,
0: but also be productive. Brilliant. The next is, we've talked about AI and mm-hmm. you know where you go and find information about that. But where do you go to find out information more broadly in your role?
1: it's actually the same stuff slack communities forums
0: uh podcasts and youtube brilliant and if we could grant you one wish for susend.com mm-hmm. what would that be from a business
1: perspective growth and expansion would be great uh we're primarily in north america but when you want to help customers i mean you want to grow it as much as possible and help them all over the world and, and make the the best impacts uh that you can so just growing the business in a meaningful way, trying to get back as much as possible.
0: Well, we're going to, the last question is typically, you know, what do you know now that you'd like wish you had known earlier? I'm going to ask that mm-hmm. question in the context of AI. So what do you know now, given what you've been doing with AI that you wish you had known earlier? Just how easy it is to use. I talked about Zapier
1: and APIs and large data models. It can be scary and it kept me from learning it. But I don't want any of that cause someone to not, you know, Google and, and just do a little research. It's for everybody, no matter how technical or non-technical you are. Uh, so just get your feet wet. Just start somewhere with it. Try to use it in a positive way in your day-to-day and make your life easier.
0: Well, look, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your learnings today. And mm-hmm. we'll have you back for another episode in the future to uh, to keep us all abreast of uh, what's the newest and greatest on AI. So uh, Stephen, thanks a lot for coming on today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: What a great interview with Stephen and some of the examples he gave, I'd never heard of. So I'm hoping it's the same for you and reach out to him, right? Let him know that you got great value out of this and also reach out and see, you know, you might have an idea or a concept and Stephen might've already done that. So reach out to him on LinkedIn. As I said, the, the link is in the show notes. I'll also share it with peers because as Stephen said, he learns from peers. That's a great way for you to do it. So share the show with them and also share Stephen and I'll love you for it. Don't forget to check out the solo shows where I dive deep into the things that are going to help you build your tech consulting business. And I'll see you next time on the Paul Higgins podcast for more quick and simple ways to grow your tech consulting business, to live a life that you really love and want now. Time for action. Subscribe, comment, and let me know what you like best about this episode. Plus, get your exclusive show extras and growth action guides for subscribers only. Visit techconsultantsblueprint.com.